Tea drinkers and listeners, this is Corey Calder, staff of Spilling the Tea. I want to let you know that next week we have a very special episode for you. We're going to have on some seniors from our 2020 class spilling the tea about their Verona career. This is going to be a must-listen episode, so make sure you have your subscribe button clicked and you're ready to get the download because these seniors are going to spill the tea about their career at Verona High School, and you're not going to want to miss it. But until next week, we've got a special one for you today. There's the bell. Time for class. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. It is my pleasure to introduce to you a Spanish teacher, also an author, Mr. Claros. How's it going? Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. I um, had a nice cup of coffee this morning. Wait, uh, hey. Yeah. Nice. Have you done that whipped coffee trend thing yet? I'm not sure what you that know is. What I'm talking about? So like you like mix hot water with coffee grounds and you like whip it and then you pour it over like milk. Look it up. I, I haven't done it, but I, I've heard only good things. Oh, no, no. I'm, I think I'm stuck in like being a 15 year old. I, I like going to Wawa and just getting a big frappe with a lot of syrup on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, let's dive into your, um, you know, your background and how you got into education. Sure. So. Um, I come from a family where n- nobody went to college. It, it, it just wasn't financially there for us. My, my parents are immigrants from the country of Bolivia in South America. And, you know, I, education really wasn't pushed that hard on us. M- um, more so values and ethics. And it, again, it, it, it's not because my parents didn't want us to really – uh, dive down into education, but just financially things weren't there for us. So I always in, in that matter, looked up to my teachers when I was in high school, I've, I've always really found uh, a strong interest in people who are super, super knowledge on something, um, as well as being very empathetic and, and very kind which I was very lucky to have in, in some teachers while I was in high school, some English teachers, some, some history teachers. And I remember in my senior year of high school, I, I went to high school in Northern Virginia. In my senior year of high school, I was kind of goofing off towards the end, uh, not really you know, paying that much attention, you know, as they call senioritis. Yeah. And my English teacher pulled me out of the classroom. And he told me, Harold, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you can go to a D3, D1, D1. You can go to any school you want. What are you doing? You can go to college. And that's when it really first hit me. That's when someone for the first time ever told me that I could go to college. And it was this real shift in perspective of myself of my own self-worth, of my own capabilities, of, of my own strengths. So I was almost dead set at that point to be like my teacher, Mr. Fitzgerald, in wanting to be a teacher. Because that moment gave me so much inspiration. That moment changed my life, Mr. Calder. And I wanted to be able and I, I bet you 100% that Mr. Fitzgerald probably doesn't even know how much he impacted me and 
it, it's a selfless job I've, I've learned uh, being a teacher. But from there on, I went and I joined the military. I did some time in the military. Then I was in the reserves. And I started school uh, in Richmond. I went to VCU. And I graduated from VCU. And I think like most college grads, and granted, I was a little older. I had graduated college when I was about 26, 27. Okay. So I felt that I had almost missed or was delayed or behind four years considering all my other peers had already been um, out of school. And I, I got really down on myself after that. And I decided to move back home and I didn't want anything to do with VCU or further education or anything. And it was while I was away at home that someone I knew, and I, I use that very loosely, someone I, I knew in college uh, recommended a job at Verina. And I was already moved out. I, I, I was already living up in Annandale. I had my whole different life up there working um, uh, at, a, at an office at Tyson's, you know, uh, suit and tie, the whole thing. Very much like office space, honestly. Like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this person that I went to college with who was working at Verina uh, recommended me the job. And I went down and I nailed the interview. And the, the quickness of, okay, this is a Thursday and we need you here by Tuesday um, sort of really prepared me for the life of a teacher where it's go, go, go. You have to have these things planned. But that's really how I, I, I sort of just landed in, in this position. You know, but I think I've, I've always said, you know, I've, I've, I've taken the left and the right road, but I, I ended up where I was supposed to be. Very cool. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you opening up like that. That's a, that's a unique story that I'm sure listeners can, can take the value and learn from. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, like everyone who's young, you have your own plans, your own goals, but I think life takes you to where it's supposed to take you. I think it, it, it shows you your strengths and it really asserts you into a position where you can really use those things. You know, I, I remember the first week that I was teaching, the students told me that they had been told that their new teacher was going to be a former military. And they thought that I was going to come in diesel you know, six, five, two fifty, mm -hmm. just flipping tables and hardcore. And they see me and I'm goofy and, you know, fun and silly and about hard work and, you know, getting things done the right way. And I think the time that I had spent in the military prepared me for work like this, where it's not as strenuous as it, as it was. And I think in, in relation to that, I'm a much more calmer person at work. I'm, I'm much more approachable at work than maybe what I was when I was 22, if I would have came out of college at 22, you know? Yeah. And so like those experiences that you've had, you know, you're using them in the classroom to really help your students. Exactly. Exactly. So let's, let's stay in the classroom and, and dive in and spill the tea on 
your skills in the classroom? What do you think you do really well? Um, because I know the kids love your class. I hear only positive things. I, I peek my head in from time to time to either do an observation or, you know, pick up a student or drop something off. And I, I always see kids working, kids loving. So spill the tea as to what you do well. So I, I think of myself as one of those students and I say, okay, if, if I was in this classroom, what's the best way for me to learn? And how many different ways can I learn? And I, at least I feel right. I mean, these are all on, on what I feel. I, I you know, what, what my kids say, I say is always the truth. You know, uh, yeah. I work for the kids, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I feel that I'm, I'm really flexible as far as uh, allowing students to work in whichever manner best assist them. For example, let's say if I say, we're going to write vocabulary. Okay, so if you wanna write it on a Word document, if you wanna write it on a sheet of paper, if you wanna type it, if you want to, it, it, there's, there's all these different options that I, I allow students to do as long as the work is done and it's done correct and it's done in a legible manner for them. Um, I think that I'm, I'm, I'm very patient. I think that I'm not the type of person who, again, is flipping desks or yelling back at, at the students or, or, or anything like that. I'm, I, it, it takes a, a lot for me to really, quote unquote, fly off the handles. But even then, when I fly off the handles, it's like I have my, my first cup of orange juice or something. It's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I never drink coffee at work. I, I'm always a water person. So I, again, I, I'm I'm a really calm type of person. And I think that energy that I give to the students, if if I'm coming in in the morning and I'm bouncing off the walls and I'm energetic and I'm fun, that is something that allows them to say, okay, you know what? If if Glados is being goofy and we're doing Spanish charades, then okay, whatever. I'll, I'll go up and I'll participate as well. I can't be as goofy as he is. You know, I, he's, he's here really giving it all. Let me just participate. It's, it's not the end of the world. And I've seen, and especially in the, um, the athletes who's, who probably see me and say, man, this guy's a goof, but you know <laughs> what, you know what? Like I, I respect his, his, um, authenticity. You know, this is, this is who he is. I'm, I, Mr. Calder, I am terrible. I am terrible at being someone I'm not. I, I, I cannot do it. I hold many yeah. facets, you know, I, I'm serious when I need to be and when there's meetings and, you know, and, and situations like that, but I, I cannot be who I am not. And I think that the students see that. And I think that allows them for them to be who, who they are. You mm -hmm. know, I have, great relationships with a lot of these students who, you know, who, again, there's this huge age gap between us, but it doesn't mean that I still can't understand, oh, wow, you listen to this music that you enjoy. That's beautiful. I listen to music that I enjoy. Oh, you play sports. That's, that's wonderful. I'm also very competitive. And, and I try to relate myself in order for them to see me as Mr. Claro's a person, mm -hmm. someone who's, someone who's approachable, Someone who they can come to and say, hey, look, I know you're really good at history. Can you help me with this history work? Oh, yeah, of course. Sure. It doesn't necessarily just have to be Spanish work. Of course. Yeah. Hey, I know, you were, I know you were in the military. What was it like? What was your experience like? Oh, it was like this, this, and this. 
you know, and being able to be that for, for the students goes way beyond teaching them Spanish, which for me is, I mean, top notch, uh, importance because I speak Spanish and I come from a Spanish background, but I think those are really my strengths and, and, and being very flexible and in being very patient with, uh, my students. Well, and, and I agree. And I've seen that in you. And I also love the authenticity, um, part that you brought up because, you know, I know sometimes <laughs> in our faculty meetings or if we're in a meeting and, you know, it's all right, who wants to say something, you know, when, when your, your hand goes up, you know, the room listens, you know, it, it, it does. It's not like, uh, oh, this guy's going to say something stupid. Here we go. <laughs> like, like they know, like, Hey, Harold is going to say something and it's going to be meaningful. And then we yeah. got to listen and kind of use it. You know what I mean? I really appreciate that. Cause every time I raise my hand, I think, Oh man, everyone's going to be like, Oh, this kid. <laughs> I will. I will have to admit when you did your book announcement that one time, I was like, what is going on right now? It was still really cool. Do you want to kind of dive into like, you know, your, the book that you wrote and just give it a little plug. Sure. Sure. So, um, right around the time I graduated, I'm, I'm a huge music fan, right? And, and my favorite band is Metallica. And right before I graduated, I started my own sort of Metallica fan magazine where I wanted to tell the story of Metallica. And in that, um, into something that I was going to self-publish, I thought it'd be really cool to interview someone who has worked with Metallica, maybe to give my magazine a little extra umph. You know, I can yeah, tell definitely. it to... I can tell it to the local record stores here and it'll be something cool. And during that, I found the email of Metallica's original manager who released their first two albums in his, on, on his uh, independent label before Metallica signed off to a major label on their third album. And I called him for an interview. And the second we started speaking, this guy noticed that I was an encyclopedia of Metallica facts that I was correcting his own life. And he was telling me, oh, yes, this happened in 85. I was like, no, John, you know, that happened on August 3rd of 1983, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, wow, like you're a freak. Like you, <laughs> you, know, you know way more about my own life. And that's when he said, you know, I'm thinking about writing my own memoirs. And you may be or you may not be the guy to do this. But how about you come down to Orlando and we set up a business meeting? And I went down to Orlando, you know, I knocked it out of the, the, you know, universe, honestly. Yeah. Um, with my sales pitch to him about how I wanted this to be written. And we signed a, a deal right there. And that was the summer coming into my first year of teaching. This is when I was still in Northern Virginia. Okay. So I moved down to Richmond again to, to start teaching and I would teach and I would come back from, from work. And we would spend three or four hours working on the book and I would go back and teach and I would come back. And I don't think I didn't tell anybody. I, I, I was always scared that the deal might cancel itself off or, you know, this, this, this guy might die and we may not finish the book or, or you know, all these, all, all these things. And it was like, let me just not tell anybody until this is finished. Yeah. And once I told people, once the book was released, once, once it was out, and I told people and I told my students, I mean, they were astounded that I never slipped up at work, that I never came in grumpy 
from lack of sleep that I, I, I never came in without a lesson prepared or anything. You know, I was able to balance both of those things. And Mr. Calder, I was, I was burning out. I was burning out towards the end, <laughs> but you know, the book was released and it, it, it's done great. And the reviews have been great. And his life is an amazing story. You know, much like how we were talking about someone who comes from humble beginnings and, you know, really forges on despite adversity in order to, you know, focus on what he believes is the next Led Zeppelin, as he says. Well, yeah, I'm looking, I'm just quickly looking at Amazon right now. And, you know, you got like 28 reviews, four and a half stars, a lot of positive things said about it. So that's awesome. You know, you had a chance to, to work on something that you are also so passionate about. And that's something that I tell my students. I mean, I, I go and I tell them, look, you, you can be all these multiple faceted things. You can be the school teacher. You can be the author. You can be the funny person. You can be the serious guy. It, it, you don't have to set on one thing. You, uh, you can be ever changing as long as you're true to yourself. And it might surprise people that, oh, wow, you know, this guy listens to Metallica because you've seen me dance and I'm a great dancer. Yeah, you, you kill it. <laughs> people see me dance and they're like, what? This guy listens to metal? It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoy all, all, all these fun things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, it's cool and we'll get to it in a minute, but, you know, like I'm, I'm a huge nerd for education. Like I'm just an education nerd. And that's like during this downtime of quarantine, like I'm doing this podcast. I've just loved listening to people tell their story about education. And I hope that listeners out there can learn from it and just kind of better what they do. You know, it doesn't have That's to be great, educators, man. but it can be just anybody who does a field of passion and helps people like we help kids. You know, what can they steal from, from Mr. Claros to help them That's be a better great. person? You know what I mean? That's great. I, I, Mr. Calder, I love people who are into something hardcore. I, I love it. I love when someone is, about something to the bone that's i i relate to it on so many levels i i i like spending my time with people like that like you you're saying i love education every aspect of it this is this is me it's like uh, i i love i i feed off of that you know and that's that's something that I, i i think i mean from the from the first year of me being there you know i mean you were one of the first people Granted, there's been many, many people. I'm, I'm not trying to throw anyone. No, no one's ever been mean to me, but sure. you're one of the first people to be kind to me, to say, hey, how are you? I'm, my name is Corey, and if you need anything, it's like, oh, wow. Like, and, and there's a genuine aspect behind that. It wasn't a, oh, well, got to say hi to the new guy sort of, <laughs> sort of vibe, you know? Yeah. Well, and and I, that means a lot to me, man, because, you know, I come and thinking back to my first year of Verina, you know, that's what a lot of people did for me. They were always like, here's my number, text me, we're doing this at some time or, or, Hey, you know, you got your classroom set up, you need help moving some stuff or, you know, like my classes, I get up to 30 kids. And so the desk, I only had 28. So like I was asking around and some people were like, Oh, I got two desks you can have, like just take them. So it was kind of cool to like be super invited into that family feel. That's like my number one thing for teacher work week. And even new teacher week. I don't have to be there for new teacher week, but I'll come in just to like walk through the library when they're doing something, introduce myself and just let everyone know like, Hey, I won't get your name for probably the first month, 
but I'm here for you if you need anything. So, yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's all about passing it forward, you know, because now this upcoming August will be year three for me. Yeah. And I'm much more planted in, in work, much more planted in where things are. I got lost all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like I, it's all about passing it forward. Someone was kind to you, you're kind to me. And then whoever comes in this upcoming year, you know, it's all about building that sort of strong family. I completely agree. I love it. So let's, let's think back to, you know, some things that maybe you could offer some advice you could offer for that new teacher, whether it's at Verina or not Verina or that seasoned vet who maybe hasn't grown as much as they could. What, what do you, um, what sort of advice spill the tea on one or two things you recommend for someone to steal from Claros to be the best they can be? I think you have to get out of your comfort zone. A hundred percent. You have to get out of your comfort zone because you're working in a situation where you're around children and then you're around adults and then you're around parents. And then you're, it's, it's the sort of ever changing. It's not like most work where like when I was working at that office, right. Where I, it, other grown people and that was it. Yeah. You know, you, I, I think that you have to get out of your comfort zone. It, it may not look like a lot and I'm, I'm honest. It, it may not look like a, like, like it is, but I am, very shy when it comes to just being out there. Um, but I sort of, okay, let me get out of my comfort zone. You know, let's, let's just go and let's just do it. And I, I think that only greatness happens once you break through that door, you know, there is, and I've seen it from my experiences. No one ever laughs at you for participating. No one ever scoffs at you for, for being outgoing or, or breaking through or goofing off for a second or lightening the mood or giving your opinion. Um, I think that breaking out of that, that comfort zone really allows someone to sort of update themselves. I, I, I've always told my students, I always tell myself, you know, I, I feel that I'm more like an iPhone, you know, I'm, I'm the same iPhone, but every now and then there's an upgrade that needs to be done so I can move easier so I can function better. And I think that upgrade is that breaking out of your comfort zone. I think that um, getting yourself involved as well is something really, really important. I've tried as much as I could that, that, that first year was a little difficult for me because I was writing the book, but this year um, going out, hanging out, spending time with people because then these people around you, aren't just your coworkers, you know, it's not, it's not just Mr. Calder, you know, uh-huh. it can be, it, it can be Corey. And that's, and that's something that's, that's really, I, I believe something that strengthens your work capabilities, you know, because I can come to you and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm having troubles with X, Y, and Z here. I, I don't know how to forge through with this. Uh-huh. And having that relationship from us spending time with one another, I think that allows for a genuine sort of conversation to happen. I think that being sort of out there and inviting yourself to events and saying hello to people. And there's so many events that are just faculty related just to go around and say, Hey, how are you? My name is Mr. Claros. I'm the new Spanish teacher. I, I just wanted to, for you to know who I am. 
Yeah. You know, and it, it takes two seconds, man. It takes two seconds and it goes such a long way. And it means so much to some people. And as far as someone who is a vet, um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's almost like, what does the private tell the sergeant? I, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure um, if, if they would like I'm, – I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I enjoy running, and that sort of clears my mind. If any, if any vets want to come and run with me. <laughs> there you go. Or just, or just pick up some, some sort of self-care – um, yeah, thing. that's exactly like something, something physical, even if it's just walking, you know, go out and throw the Frisbee around or, or anything like that. Or if, if any of the veterans want to play fantasy football with me, you know, I'm always down. There we go. Now you say throw the Frisbee, do you play disc golf or you just throw it around? No, no. I just, I'm, I'm always a, a, a pickup game guy. I, I cool. never played sports in high school, but yeah, I mean, Frisbee, uh, basketball, football, love it all. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, man, it's um, coming to that time of the show where you get a chance to give some shout outs. Um, so before we wrap up, is there anybody um, in your department or your department or the class of 2020 or whomever at Verina or anywhere yeah. you want to give a shout out to? Yeah, of course. Um, I like to give a shout out to my department. You know, I I love all my faculty, but my department's the one I see every day. You know, I, I look left, I look right and and there they are. And I'm there for them as much as they're there for me. Um, my, my students, my seniors, who I didn't get a, a proper chance to say adios, farewell, hasta la vista. And I, I love you. You know, I, I know that great things are coming um, to faculty who have been very kind to me. You uh, Mr. Mayo, Mr. Lincoln, or some of the ones that come to mind first, but you know, everyone is, no one has been rude to me, For sure. but people who have been kind in extending that hand of friendship, um, and, um, me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who has to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate you, man, you know, coming on and spilling the tea with me and opening your life. Um, for all the listeners out there, because, you know, not everybody wants to do this. Not everybody, you know, thinks this is for them. But, you know, when I saw that you wanted to do it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. Uh, just because you're so unique for the students we have at school. And, you know, you're someone who, you know, I sort of look up to where, you know, I'm not the first one to kind of get out there during a pep rally. Right. But to see yeah. you do it. And like you said, to know like, hey, you know, it's okay. No one's going to judge you. It's okay. I'm more willing to step out of my comfort zone because of people like you. So I appreciate it, man. Of course. Yeah. And then, I mean, to that, like one last thing, like if people judge you, then okay, whatever. Like it, it's not the, it's not the worst thing. Yep. You know, I and mean, what are they going to say? Oh, look at them participating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all right, you, man. man. What's going on, Education Nation? This is Corey Calder, and we have another special one for you today. It is my great pleasure to introduce to you soccer coach and Spanish teacher, uh, Senior Lobos. How you doing, man? I'm good, sir. Hanging in there. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Just uh, getting work done, getting all these grades put in. How about you? Same, same. Meeting after meeting after meeting. 
Yeah, I feel like we're doing more work outside of school than we were in school. Yeah. But I guess it's the new norm now, so we'll just get adjusted to it and then look forward to bouncing back. So let's um, let's talk about how you got into education and your background. All right. Well, uh, I always wanted to work with kids, and in college I would be a substitute teacher and instructional assistant. But then I um, graduated college and didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. But um, people out, so I became a police officer for the city of Richmond, and um, I coach at the same time. And a friend of mine, who's no longer at Henrico, told me, asked me out of the blue if I wanted to be a Spanish teacher. And a magistrate also told me I should be a teacher because she knew I wanted to be a teacher, and that's where it warrants at two in the morning. So. Out of the blue, I heard from Verina, and now I'm a Spanish teacher at Verina. Very cool. Very cool. Now, did you have, like, a teacher growing up that really spoke to you, or um, what kind of motivated you to get in the classroom? It was uh, my principal at my elementary school. Uh, may he rest in peace, Mr. George Towery. Um, I went to elementary school kept in touch with him while I moved to Honduras every year and then I came back and he offered me a job as a substitute teacher and he just knew every kid on this campus he knew every family member he was really in the community and it was just he inspired me and he molded me to the man that I am now that's really cool you know someone at such a young age for you could reach out to you and grab you and help motivate you. Yeah. That's really neat, man. Well, let's um, let's get into the classroom at Verina, um, Spanish teacher. Let's spill the tea as what you do really well uh, for your students or for your classroom or for whatever. I feel like my uh, forte, as we speak, is um, just building relationships with my kids. I did it all the time when I was a police officer, so I feel like I'm really good at getting to know people quick and getting the relationships with them and gaining their trust. Because um, I feel like if you ain't got your kids' trust, you're going to have a harder, harder year. But once you have those positive relationships with your students, you're solid, you're golden, and, and you're helping them out as they help you out too. So I know the answer is no, right? But, you know, you don't come into the classroom after day one, boom, you have their trust. No. You know, what do you do to get that trust? I, I get to know them at the beginning of the year, ask them their interests, ask them who lives with them, what are their interests, what do they like to do on their free time, uh, what's their favorite food, what stuff like that, you know, icebreakers, icebreakers, like the, pretty much the first week of school. And it's key for me to know their names as soon as possible. Are you good with names or is it a struggle? I'm pretty good with names. Like once I get it, I get it. And, and they actually get impressed. And like, how do you know all your kids' names that quick? And like, it's like my priority. And they, they see that you invested in them and it pays off. Nice. And, you know, that because I, I struggle sometimes with getting to know their names. It takes me like two or three weeks. It is. But it's, 
it's really nice that like you said it you make it a priority so maybe that's something i need to take from you make these names a priority maybe senor but your <laughs> questions are what, um, mine. yeah what 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 other like soft skills did you learn um in richmond city to help you as a teacher patience is a big one and um being able to relate to them, you know, having that, like, because working Southside Richmond, the environment is tough, and and you got to relate to the people, know their struggles, know what they, like, connect with them, you know, on a different level. Gotcha. And so you kind of brought that into the classroom, yeah. and that's really helped you. Mm-hmm. Now, do you use those same principles as a soccer coach, or or what do you do that might be a little different on the field? Uh, almost the same, just a little bit tougher on on the soccer field as a coach. Because as a coach, your goal is not just to make better athletes, but make better people in the community, better players all around. Have um, try to have them be excellent student athletes on campus. So I'm a little bit more tougher on them. Nice. And, you know, you, you've had the pleasure, and the viewers might be learning this, but, you know, you've coached girls and boys. Yeah. What um, what are some of the main differences but similarities? Uh, I feel girls are more receptive to the coaching. They are more – they, they won't, don't want to move on until they – get the drill until they excel at the drill. Boys, on the other hand, they have that male gene where they're like, who's this guy telling me what to do, you know? And But the boys are more, are more a little bit more athletic, I would say, but, but we got some athletic girls. But the boys, they're more, they ask quickly and not grasp the, the, um, the drill correctly. They want to just move on, move on and scrimmage immediately. Yeah. And that's not what we want to do. Well, that's good advice. Like, you know, you see, you say the girls want to master stuff before moving on. Mm -hmm. So that's got to be very rewarding as a coach to be able to put stuff out there that the kids are motivated to do. Yeah. Whereas boys, it's like you could scrimmage for an hour and a half. They're not going to get better, but they're going to have fun. Thanks for sure. Neat. Well, so what's um, what's life like for you right now in like this COVID time? How are you keeping in touch with your students? What what projects have you been able to do? Um, Schoology, you know, they'll shoot you an email. Hey, how's it going, Mr. Lobos? I um, I answer back. I I haven't called them yet. I put up a video when it first started and checking in with them. Some of them have sent like on Schoology, their assignments, which is, like, fun stuff, you know, not stressful stuff. Like, I made them do a Spanish TikTok song, and they enjoyed that, apparently. And, you know, just stuff that they grasped vocabulary, language, and in a fun, not stressful way. Nice. And do you want to talk about your car project, man? I've, I've been seeing your work on uh, the car. You but... know, just trying to make it fast, but... <laughs> 
It's not a good thing. I just enjoy that's how I'm spending my time here. Yard work and just working on my car and car parts. So, I mean, it's just hobbies of mine that I like to do. Very cool. Very cool. How'd you get in the cars? I just, growing up in Honduras, everybody had like a, because I did middle school and high school in Honduras, and everybody had a an exhaust in their car, and everybody was vroom, vrooming all the time, and it was just, uh, my parents bought me a Toyota Corolla with the purpose that I wouldn't vroom, vroom all the time, but I still did it, so <laughs> it's just, I don't know, like, just little need for speed, and it's just a little liberating, just cruising, and connecting with people on cars and people have the same interests. So it's fun. And I mean, the pursuits when I was a cop was fun too. So <laughs> there's that. Also. <laughs> but you, you, you've hung that up, right? So you're, you know, you're driving safe on the road. Everybody's good. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure, for sure. Safety's key. Seatbelt always on and only on the track in my racing. No, no longer. Nice. Yeah. That's a cool hobby. I haven't met anybody who's had that hobby, so that's really neat. So let's kind of go back into the classroom. What's like um, an all-star lesson that you've done before? I know you've done some really cool projects. Students that we share always talk about the fun things you're doing. What's like a highlighted lesson um, that you've done or unit? I, it's a very basic, but I, the student's interest is like very high. But for the World Language Week, I give the students the option of choosing one Latin American country. Uh, they have to draw the flags like precisely with the group in a group. And then they have to find at least 10 interesting facts about that country. And out of the blue throughout the year, students will be like, yeah, I learned that in, about uh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica doesn't have an army. And they're, yet there's the safest country in Central America. Or you'll have, uh, I don't know, Brazil didn't speak Spanish. They speak Portuguese. And so it's just like out of the blue, they, they really like that project. We um, And they like drawing it and coloring it. At first they complain, but then they see it's fun and they get to socialize with their partners and, and stuff. They also like the cooking project where they bring me a Spanish recipe from a Spanish country and they cook it with a partner and they really enjoy that. And is that, is that the is that the one where they have to make a video? Yeah, of it's it like too? a cooking show. So they're supposed to speak it in Spanish and introduce their dish and something like Rachel Ray, but in Spanish. Very neat. You're going to have to show me one of those. I mean, I've, I've seen kids show me theirs like on their phone, but I haven't seen any. Yeah, gotcha. I'll show you some. Awesome. Is there a lesson that you? done before where like you've bombed and you've totally had to change it uh i know not just one of several of those yeah <laughs> but i would think it would be the preterites and all the imperfects because when honduras i didn't know how to write spanish my kids don't believe me that don't believe that and I had to learn the hard way and with Spanish, with the preterites and the imperfects and all that is very hard. So I can only imagine how hard it is for them. So I try to make it as easy as possible. 
but it isn't that easy ever. So nice, yeah. Because I, even as like a health teacher, you know, I I came from one school to Verina, and I would use similar styles of lessons at my other school, but insert the content that they need to be learning, and I would have stuff just bomb. And I'm like, oh, God, these kids don't learn this way. <laughs> and so I had to, like, make something up and, like, fix it and do all this mess. So I'm right there with you. You know, you got to make it easy for the kids to still, you know, try to find a way to challenge them um, for them to get their, you know, do their best and to get the Exactly. So what are, like, you know, one or two pieces of advice that you would offer uh, to a teacher, Verina, not Verina, next year things that you do well that they could learn from so when i first got to verina uh advice i got from kali when i was on dream team with him i think you might know who that is he said Uh get to know your students before you teach and and that's what i've done and that's what's worked for me so i would would say that also that you got to get to know your students before you teach um and then try to make teaching, you know, some of these kids, they, even if you think sometimes as a teacher, you doubt yourself, but these kids, they look up to you and, and every action that you do, they observe, they observe everything. So just be the role model, be the teacher that you want, that you, that you idolized when you were little, you know? They, yeah. And, you know, you got to, like you said earlier, bring that patience and being able to relate um, is crucial to getting to know these kids. You know, it doesn't happen just day one. You got to work yeah. at it. It's like a craft over and over again. For sure. Um, and then, so I know you pride yourself on making, uh, you know, your students and student athletes better people in the community. You've touched on that earlier. Um, is there you know, a situation where you really feel like you conquered that uh, with one of your soccer players at this school or previous schools or, you know, a student at some time? Uh, well, you know how short our season was this year, so. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it was really hard, but one of the things that I noticed with our boys is, is that when we got there, you know how there was trash all over the field and stuff. So as part of our warm-up, the first days was like, all right, a lap and pick up some trash. And then they made it a habit. So just that, that was just us molding our boys into taking care of their belongings in, in our school, you know? Like, then by the end of their time together this year, they were doing it on their own, and I didn't have to say it, so... That that was a proud moment for me that they were doing that out of, you know, they were choosing to do the right thing and not just throw trash on the field and stuff like that. Yeah, because, I mean, we share that field with a lot of different programs. Mm-hmm. So for your boys to step up and really take ownership and pride into their school, that's that's cool. Well, we are getting to the point of the show now where – you kind of get a chance to give some shout outs. Um, so the floor is yours. If you want to give a shout out to the class of 2020 or your department or, or whoever, is there anybody you want to give shout outs to? 
Uh, not really. No, I'm just I'm kidding. Um, I would, you know, I would say to the staff of Rhino, we have a, a pretty amazing staff at that school, and um, they they make work better because from a you know it it a lot of it is you know you got to have good coworkers to have a good day, I believe, and staff of Rhino is really good, and uh, our class of 2020 seniors, even though I don't get that many seniors, but. I wish them the best in their future endeavors, and I'm here for them if they need any help with anything, or um, if they need a letter of recommendation for a criminal justice career. Um, you know, and <laughs> I just, I, and the world languages department, man, we, we, we're the best department, I believe. You know, not PE, none of those people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that, those that's it, man. We have a we have a really good staff at that school, and and I enjoy going to work every day. And even though some days I'm tired, but though your kids change your day in the first thirty minutes, so it, it's a good it's a good place to be at, Brian. There you go, tea drinkers. That was an episode of Staffalty spilling the tea. I want to thank you for steeping in our episode. And do me a favor and go give us a four or five star review and click that subscribe button so you get future episodes. This has been real. This has been fun. And this has been real fun. Till next time. See ya.